I'm Tyler Hake, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 2 of Next Story Up, a smart building services podcast by Schneider Electric. Act 1. Having a whale of a time. All of our experiences are viewed through a certain lens. The lens of our expectations entering into them. And as such, fair or unfair, the way we feel about our experiences after the fact bears the hue of the tint in that lens. In a software-oriented future where our world's interfaces can quickly and easily be innovated, iterated, and wholly transformed, a proper reverence for the phenomenon of expectation is in order. So let me give you an example of how this might play out in real life. On the summer solstice, a ferry boat leaves the Boston Harbor at 3.30 on a Sunday afternoon, stocked with food, libations, and happy people, and sets out into a blue sky summer day. You are on this boat. It sails north out of the harbor and up the coast of Maine, as the skyline of Boston shrinks out of sight and views of the New England coast and a vast expanse of sea take hold. It's the longest day of the year, the pinnacle of summer, and the weather is perfect. You spend it on the ferry until it takes you back to port, docking at 7.30 p.m. after seeing nothing but sea and blue sky for the past four hours. Take inventory of how you feel about this description. Is it safe to say that life is good? It certainly beats winter in Boston, at least, right? Now, there's one thing I didn't tell you about this nautical experience, which is you and your shipmates are whale watching. Imagine you're at the optometrist and they just dropped a different lens into that examination contraption, and let's try it again through this new context. On the summer solstice, a ferry boat leaves the Boston Harbor at 3.30 on a Sunday afternoon full of happy people, stocked with food and libations, and sets out into the blue sky summer day. It's the longest day of the year, the pinnacle of summer, the weather is perfect. You spend it on the ferry until it takes you back to port, docking at 7.30 p.m. after seeing nothing but sea and blue sky for the past four hours. This is the same exact experience and you did the exact same thing. Nothing changed but the lens of expectation. How do you feel? Schneider Electric has a North American hub office in Boston and an incredible research lab in Andover, so I visit often. And you should too if you want to see our technology in action. This year, I had the opportunity to come in for Monday meetings, so I flew in Sunday morning to do some exploring, as is my custom, and on the longest day of the year, the pinnacle of summer under perfect weather, I set sail for my first ever whale watching trip. Maybe an hour up the coast, I met my first ever wild whale, named Clamp, who the preservationists identified by the markings on her fluke. That's their tail when they do that whole dive thing they do, which is done in New England by humpback whales like Clamp to dive for schools of oily fish while they fatten up in the summer, and not simply to say hello to the boat as I'd always fantasized. I learned a lot of cool new things like that. Humpback whales are good for whale watching because they surface more often, as opposed to minke whales and fin whales, which are also known as the greyhounds of the sea. We were able to identify a second humpback whale by her fluke as well later in the trip, Spoon, who was first spotted in the New England waters all the way back in 1978. All of this is to say that in real life, my expectations were met, and I think you should try it out. But we live in the digital built environment and not at sea like Clamp and Spoon. So for all of us, meeting expectations for occupants is a constantly evolving challenge due in large part to the nature of our software-oriented world. 
The power of apps and analytics means that every one of us is constantly discovering new services so that what once was new will then become known, then widespread, and then, yes, expected. This digital mandate is as true in our buildings as it is on our phones where we're used to the concept of rapidly changing interfaces and services. In no built space is this more apparent than in the hotel environment, where guests travel throughout the world with different perspectives and purposes, but all of which have smarter homes year after year, individual preferences, a wide array of choices available, and a requirement to have a lodging stay that provides an experience as good as or better than what they're used to at home. Throw in the fact that guests are ever more conscious of sustainability and social responsibility and the impacts their travel has on those fronts, and you find a very dynamic customer base. How do we keep up with their wants and their preferences? And how do we delight them? There's another Boston Harbor scenario I've saved mention of until now. What if I went out to sea on the longest day of the summer just to cruise around as I had originally framed the situation, but during my trip encountered Clamp and Spoon just as I've described? My expectations would not just be met, but I'd have had one of the most memorable, remarkable, indelible experiences of my entire life. While as it stands I was pleased with my trip, under different expectations I'd have been crying tears of joy into the ocean and calling long-lost friends. In the hotel environment, how do we keep customers engaged? Not just so that their expectations have been met, but that they are exceeded and delighted. I asked these questions of our next guest. Neha Jaitpal is a global strategic account executive who believes the hospitality industry is constantly evolving and built around people who like people. As such, she loves supporting customers who are driven by the happiness of their guests. Neha has a proven track record of bringing the latest solutions and services to her customers, which has led to development of new business, as well as profitable growth and high customer retention at existing accounts. We chat with Neha in Act 2. Act 2. The key is to set realistic customer expectations and then not to just meet them, but to exceed them, preferably in unexpected and helpful ways. Richard Branson. And with that, let's dive right into our conversation with Neha. So you've been working in the hotel space for a dozen or so years now, and you've worked with some of the world's most prominent hospitality brands. How have the demands on hoteliers changed throughout your career? You know, Tyler, hotel industry is a people business, which is so dynamic and it's constantly changing and evolving. At a global level, we see a huge rise and increase in the spending power of the middle class as well as millennials. And these are the trends that I would like to um, yeah. touch base at a high level yeah. uh, to understand how they are shaping up the hotel industry. So going back to millennials, they will represent 50% of guests by 2020 and 75% of workforce by 2025. So these changes are driving the guest expectations. And with this massive surge of travel, there is creation of new set of digital values like personalization, co-creation, localization, and hoteliers need to be in line and appeal to the value so that they attract the guest of today. Thirdly, I also see consolidation in the market, which is mostly driven 
despite the need of scale and pricing. We've heard about amenities like Marriott Starwood, Accord Fairmont, etc. I personally see these individual properties need more visibility and have it right now thanks to the OTAs. At the same time, brand portfolios like Hilton and Marriott are both organically and inorganically increasing their brand and becoming more and more targeted and focused. Fourth point here is uh, there is an epic battle for mindshare. You know, all parties are fighting for that direct relationship with the guests. And why are they doing that? They want to know their guest better than they did yesterday. And last but not the least, and it's my personal favorite, you know, hotels are not competing with each other, but they're competing with companies like Airbnb. You know, wow, yeah. You know, very, very uh, um, interesting statistic I heard uh, in the industry is it took Marriott 100 years to become a $10 billion company, but it took Airbnb one year to do the same. So the general sentiment is evolve or die. And I personally believe through data analytics, technology, digitization, and innovation, along with sustainability and a shield of cybersecurity, hoteliers will have to keep up with the changing and ever-evolving guest expectations. Yeah, I mean, so that's a great point uh, there that you just mentioned about evolving guest expectations. Is that sort of the driver? I mean, would I be right to say that optimizing the guest experience is the most important thing for stakeholders in hospitality? And if so, why do you believe that to be the case? Absolutely. Guest room problems represent 42% of hotel complaints, and these problems can decrease the loyalty by 11.6% points. On the other hand, with the digital and tech-savvy millennial guest, you know, how easy it is for even you and me to put up a positive or a negative review on TripAdvisor, <laughs> Trip, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, etc., right? Yeah. Um, and it has a huge impact on the key matrix that a hotelier measures himself on, which is ADR and RevPAR. So if a hotel increases its review score by one point on a five-point scale, it can increase its average daily rate, or ADR, by 11.2% by keeping or maintaining the occupancy rate as is, which is huge. At the same time, 1% increase in online repetition can lead to 1.42% in ref power or revenue per available room. ADR and ref power are the key metrics, and they are so closely connected to the guest experience. So it's a no-brainer. You know, it's, it's a deal-breaker, I would say. The short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's such a great well thought out answer. And I mean, especially coming after what you just said about the many drivers that are affecting travel and the hotel experience now, hotel customers and, and hotel brands like Hilton and Marriott, who you mentioned, there's a really large opportunity right now to capture millennial travelers who are just entering and, and, and gaining their loyalty. And like you said, at the very beginning, um, people throughout the world who are you know, growing in the middle class and starting to travel. If that guest experience is that effective as you talk about there in your statistics, that's a really big thing. Absolutely. It's going to only increase and broaden the scope of digital transformation that we are seeing in the industry. And it's not just on the guest experience side, but it's in every aspect of business. How do you think specifically the hotel guest experience has changed since you started in the industry? In the past, if you had to book a hotel stay, you would have to go to the hotel website or call. You know, then you saw the change 
with the OTAs and internet marketing coming in, you could go to the various online travel agencies, Priceline, Expedia, etc., and you could book a stay. The next step is booking the rooms through guest loyalty apps like yep. Hilton's Honor or Marriott's Bonvoy app. You know, you could do that in a matter of seconds. Secondly, in the past, you had to wait at the reception when you had to check in into a property. But now you could do that proactively even a day before your stay. You could even choose a room if you like the room close to the elevator, away from the elevator, mm-hmm. do you like a feather-free room, do you want an, want an upgrade and so on and so forth. So overall, I have seen adoption of mobile key, check-in, check-out, selection of the room, seamless and such an intuitive and brainless uh, booking system that it's just made everybody's life easier and less cumbersome. It, the, the big theme for me in what you just described there is the seamless nature of checking in, checking out, accessing and, and accessing not just the space and the experience, but the brand itself. Absolutely. And you could also think it two steps ahead. It's going to be an experience not only inside the hotel, but before and after the trip with the whole set of values that I discussed, the service and the solutions are going to be more and more personalized, tailored and customized as per the needs of the traveler or the guest. It's going to be more extended outside the hotel, you know, so before and after stay story as well. Yeah, and it sounds, Neha, like the common thread in all of that is technology. Is, is, is that what you're seeing has been central to the majority or all of the changes that you've experienced in the industry? Absolutely, yes. Technology is central to these changes, and I would say now as we speak. However, predominantly, the hotel industry has lagged in the adoption of technology. In the past, you know, hoteliers were more willing to make investments on the aesthetic changes, you know, say renovating a, a lobby could take over a technology investment. You know, they would be more willing to add a fresh coat of paint or change the carpet in a hotel than make a technological investment. However, the good news is it's all changing and now technology is being used as a driver to create that brand differentiation and even to attract more talent because there's a shortage of talent in the industry. As I mentioned, you know, 75% of the operators in the hotel industry will also be millennials. Then there's a new wave of millennial operators who are more tech savvy than the previous generation. They are more data driven. So hoteliers also need to have technology, not just on the guest side, but also on the operational side. And no, that's a really, really pertinent point you make there about technology also affecting the way that the facilities are staffed and attracting talent. And I think, you know, I love the illustration that you made about how previously changes might be made to things like carpet and paint. Not that that won't still happen, but to tie that together with what you mentioned about millennial travelers and things like that previously and the generation coming after millennial travelers, it makes sense for technology to be more of a driver. Um, what do you think about sustainability? That's another you know, huge term. Um, how has that changed responsibilities and metrics in the hotel industry over time? Many operators, you know, say Hilton or Marriott, have ambitious aspirations around overall sustainability goals. And I, could, I would like to also tie that back to the millennial travelers here sure, who expect yeah. their hotels to be green, sustainable. They want the hotels to be doing their own bit on the green side or on the sustainability side. So, for example, Marriott has a program called Serve 360, where it's working to reduce water intensity by 15%, carbon by 30, food by 45, and food waste by 50. 
I would also like to give an example of Hilton, who has committed to reduce environmental footprint uh, by half, and they want to double up their social investment. They also have similar targets around reduction of carbon emission by 61%, water by 50 They are also looking at the reduction of usage of plastic straws. They've committed to sustainably source meat, poultry. At the same time, a very interesting program they had back home in my country where they started this initiative where they're expanding the existing soap recycling program and they are sending zero soap to landfill oh, wow. initiative. Yep. So all in all, there are very ambitious about their sustainability goals and we see more and more operators talking about it and even publishing them. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's becoming readily apparent to brands, regardless of whether it's hotel industry or not, that people are buying with their values and sustainability is a really important one for everybody. But I think millennials have really spoken up about that one. Um, and so there's a nice uh, uh, driver there in terms of trying to be a sustainable brand or enterprise. So that's a really good point. So we've illustrated many ways hotels have changed in a short time and how central evolving guest expectations and technology have been in that evolution. Where are we in that process now, in your opinion? To me, standardization can no longer be the norm and it will be critical to tailor the services to the needs and preferences of the guest. So your hoteliers can use technology as an accelerator, you know, technology will be at the core of the hotel experience, both inside the guest room as well as, as I mentioned, before and after the stay. So this will lead to the development of new concepts, use cases, which will drive the need for more digitization or innovation in the industry. I mean, I, I think the point about hotels not being able to just say, this is the standard and everybody's going to have to embrace the standard is a really valuable point. And the fact is that if we're moving towards personalization and technology, then I think that it's just going to continue to evolve as people generate new expectations and preferences. You know, you're going to have more use cases you know, for, you know, tomorrow if you want to do yoga in front of your smart mirror, you know, with 5G and with artificial intelligence, you know, you, you never know. I could be teaching you, for example. Yeah. And you're traveling and I'm at home. I could basically teach you over a smart mirror a move and I could correct you, you know, things of that sort. So things are going to change, you know, with 5G, you're going to get the bandwidth. Of course, the hotels need to be ready in terms of the uh, network. You can cut this part, but it's much to share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so convinced I will. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, <laughs> I love, uh, uh, you know, really colorful stories and, and, and um, examples like that. And I think what's, what's so neat is you're talking about something that sounds really crazy, but the way that it works is in 10 years, that type of thing is just expected. And so I think that, you know, when we talk about where we are in this process of technology and expectations for guests, I just, I love where it is in hotels because we're always going to be bringing in the new smart devices that we are now used to in the office or at home. And, and we're going to be looking for that in our hotel travel experiences. Absolutely. Um, so I was going to ask you about what type of new technologies are going to be central to the experience, but it sounds like it's going to be smart yoga mirrors. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I like both the words, smart and yoga. And it's but, um, you know, any technology that helps to do more with less in terms of labor or manpower, which is the first 
first and major expense in the hotel, technology that helps to improve operations and guest experience, something that boosts revenue will be relevant to the hoteliers, of course, with a shield of cybersecurity. I keep saying that because that is vital. Um, so, you know, the technology that comes to my mind, on top of my mind, you know, could be mobile or digital keys, direct messaging to the hotel guests, smart energy management system, data and analytics to improve guest experience or, or billing operations, smart resort parking, smart mirrors, you know, there you go, your yoga mirrors, yeah. etc. So um, these are the top ones that come to my mind right now when I think about what would become more central to the hotel experience. Again, innovation uh, will be driven as and when we have uh, better network infrastructure. You will have more use cases and more concepts to provide that personalized and customized service the guest of tomorrow deserves and wants or demands. What um, what types of solutions and services exist or are about to become more widely commercialized that different hotel stakeholders, so guests or operators or brands, can be excited about? Yeah, so um, let's, let's talk about something that's available right now, and then we can talk about what's coming, right? So the top ones that come to my mind, smart energy management systems, um, the digital or mobile key, check-in, check-out, data analytics, like billing analytics, etc. So just to think about uh, why smart energy management system, why is it important? Energy is second largest expense after labor for a hotel. And wow. as for energy star, hotels in the U.S. spend 6% of their operating budget on energy. So any reduction wow. on the energy costs will help you decrease the operational costs and make a positive impact on the bottom line, right? So that's a smart adoption that we see in the industry. Secondly, as I said, in digital transformation is not only increasing rapidly, but also it's broadening it's in every aspect of its business. With it, we also see that baby boomers are retiring and we will have more millennial staff in the properties operating these hotels where it's important that you keep your hotels up to date with the latest technology because these guys are going to be more tech savvy than the previous generation, more data driven. Sure. So hoteliers will now have powerful tools like building analytics, et cetera, which will help them take the business, corporate, and energy decisions in a more data-driven and intelligent fashion than before. The second part of the question is, you know, what do you see coming is we talked about wayfinding, chat box, like text messaging directly to the guest, either via app or directly on the phone. We also see an early adoption of voice-based control rooms, either through Alexa, Siri, Google, etc. So that is another trend that I've seen will have a good adoption in the industry. That one also really does a good job of reflecting people's tastes at home, starting to move into their travel experience. Um, I think it's a good example of that. So that's, I'm glad that made it into the discussion. Hotels are learning so much from home. How many Alexas? did we have or you know how many series or google homes we had five years ago right definitely we have so much many more right now as we are speaking right so hotels look at homes and the more alexa that we will adopt in a home environment that will decide the adoption of hotels for example I was in a hotel the other day, you know, wearing my shoes and I was thinking, should I carry the jacket or not for dinner? 
and I almost felt like asking Alexa, what's the weather? That's <laughs> yeah. what I do. Yeah. And I try to fetch a jacket. See, Alexa is talking right now. Alexa, top. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to happen. <laughs> it, I kept it really far away, but it picks up. So, And it proves my point. You know, the... These devices are getting smarter, cheaper, better at picking up people's action. The, the price of the chip that goes into the device is reducing day by day. So this is just going to get better, and you will see more adoption oh, in, sure. in a hotel environment. I think that you mentioning that you went to a hotel and, and we're going to ask a voice assistant to help you with the jacket is a clear indication of how expectations change because you ex just expect it to be there. So that's a that's a really neat thing happening. It's exciting to be in the industry. So I actually love closing with this question, and I'm excited to hear from you because you're just so well researched on everything, and you've, you're really a, a, a professional of the industry. So why are you excited to be a professional in in the hotel technology industry? Hotel industry, you know, it, it's built around people who like people. It might sound a cliche, but truly. It is, I've seen my customers uh, who are driven by the happiness of their guests and I enjoy supporting them, doing what they do. So all in all, I draw my inspiration from, from my customers. And also at Schneider Electric, uh, I am very proud and excited uh, to deliver the solutions that enable my customers to deliver to their customers, which are guests and owners at the TN. I, I don't I your question. <laughs> no, it, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think that anybody listening to this conversation today is going to be surprised to hear that you're a people person and that what you get out of this is the interactions and value you can give to other people. It's been great talking to you about hotels. It's inspiring and, and very exciting. Um, so I want to thank you for joining me and um, look forward to working with you again pretty soon. Absolutely, Tyler, and thank you for having me. This was a great conversation, and I really enjoyed it. I can confirm, as this episode draws to a close, that Neha was a great guest, and also, not coincidentally, a great colleague, and that Clamp and Spoon were good swimmers. That's about all I know for sure about my whale friends from direct experience, though we can assume they are also terrific singers. Humpback whales, as it turns out, are quite the musicians. Their songs include structure with units, phrases, and themes throughout, and are actually also seasonally specific. It turns out that for whales, each season's new song picks up where the previous season left off, meaning that their music effectively evolves over their years. I like the idea of investigating musical evolution, not so much 50 feet deep into the sea, but in the theater seats and the charts. So that's just what we'll do in the next Story Up. I am so excited to develop, produce, and host the Schneider Electric Next Story Up podcast, and most importantly, to share it with a listener like you, possessing the same interest and passion in promoting smart building services for the benefit of all. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. I'm Tyler Hake. We're gonna make you a star. 
Oh, shut up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fumble because there's so much going on in my mind right now. But anyhow, let's, uh, let's, let's do this. I'm excited. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so here we go. All right, first question for you. 